Come on. Welcome to Money Savage, a savage approach to personal finance. This is George Grombacher, and the time is right. Welcome to today's guest, a strong and powerful Adam Coffey. Adam, are you ready to do this? I'm ready, George. I was born for this. Excellent. Let's do this. Adam has spent the past 18 years as CEO of three national service companies, each in different industries. He's known for building strong, employee-centered cultures and executing a buy-and-build strategy. He's highly sought after by private equity firms. He is the author of the Private Equity Playbook. He's also a veteran of the United States Army. Thank you for your service, sir. Thank you. And I'm very excited to have you on. Adam, tell us a little bit about your personal life, some more about your work, and why you do what you do. You know, George, it's funny because people ask me all the time, you know, how can you be passionate about the things that you do? You know, I run a refrigeration company. I've run a laundry company. You know, I, I tell people I'm not passionate about work. I'm passionate about people. And I enjoy building cultures and, you know, building billion-dollar businesses where we treat everybody the same. And it doesn't matter whether you're a janitor or the CEO. Titles are how we organize our efforts, but at a human level, everybody's equal. So I, I think for me, it's, it's really, it's all about people. You know, I work in service businesses and service businesses, you can't store service in a box and put it on a shelf. Service companies are all about people. So I'm, I'm passionate about people. Uh, married two kids uh, from a, uh, adult kids from a first marriage, and then I also have a six-year-old. So I've got I've got this spread of uh, <laughs> children that keeps me young. But uh, yeah, that's essentially that's it. I'm all about people. Nice, I love it. Well, I appreciate all that very much. Uh, the concept of entrepreneurship has really been extremely popular. I don't know how long it's been uh, with shows like Shark Tank. It seems like everybody wants to come up with a great idea and then of course they oftentimes need money to then fund that idea but you've been at this for I think the better part of 20 years probably a little bit longer how have you seen entrepreneurship and maybe more importantly um, your book is is about the private equity world how, how have you seen that change well private equity is something that has just absolutely exploded and over the last 20 years you know we've gone from a few hundred private equity companies with a, a few hundred billion uh, capital under management to now having 5400 companies and over you know almost 3 trillion dollars wow. uh, and, and today private equity owns you know over 50,000 companies uh, in the world and within a few years Almost half of all deal activity, mergers and acquisitions and buyouts, will involve private equity on one side of the table or the other or both. And so the whole premise of my book was to educate entrepreneurs, you know, business owners, but not just business owners, also call it mid-management you know, throughout corporate America on how it's possible to truly generate extreme wealth for, for you, for your family, for future generations by getting involved in this private equity game. And, and, and when I started 20 years ago, there was no book. Hell, I made every mistake there was in the world that a person could make. And you know the genesis for this book started 20 years ago when I was a mid-level guy at GE. Uh, that would be the old GE that used to make money, not the new GE that trades for like eight <laughs> bucks a share. Right. Uh, I, I'm back in the Jack Welch era. But, you know, and, and my phone was ringing and recruiters were saying, hey, Adam, you know, interested in coming to be a CEO of a smaller middle market company. And there just was no resource. And, and so from an entrepreneur perspective, I want people 
people to know in Money Savage Nation that why sell your business once when you can sell it twice, three times? My personal record's five. Uh, one company, 13 years, five multi-million dollar paydays. And, and then also, if you're, if you're not an entrepreneur and you didn't start anything and you are a mid-level you know, Fortune 500 person or a mid-level manager, you can get into this private equity game and get involved and create generational wealth without ever having started anything. So that's the whole premise of my book is to try to educate people on, hey, this thing out there called private equity, it's growing, it's growing fast, it's growing for a reason. And there's a way for you to grab onto the coattails of some very sophisticated investors out there and, you know, earn a, an extreme living as well. Well, that is all compelling stuff right there. And I think that that's awesome. So one company, five multi-million dollar paydays, and it's not just the CEO or the C-suite that can do it, but anybody can, can potentially um, benefit from that. Uh, so I'm, I'm excited to get into that. Uh, I, I've got a note that you said that that half of all transactions coming up will be private equity here in the in, in the near future. Where did those transactions used to get done if it wasn't private equity? So you know, years ago, if you were a, a person who built a business and you were going to sell it, you know, you would hire an investment banker, which would act like a realtor in the sale of a house, and that person would represent you. And oftentimes, small businesses would be sold to other other entrepreneurs. You know, let's say you owned an insurance agency. You know, perhaps you're getting ready to retire. You 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 would sell your business to some young buck who's going to come and run it for the next 20 or 30 years. Right. So there, so there's a lot of private to private sales, and then you had strategics. You know, bigger companies who would go out there and and they'd buy up you know smaller companies that essentially did the same thing they did in order to build scale or open new markets. And, and private equity and private capital, venture capital included in that. You know, as as the world has continued to evolve, private equity returns have outpaced stock market returns for their investors who are called limited partners. And uh, because it's because of that success that private equity has continued to grow. And, and you know, with three trillion under, under management, there's currently one trillion in dry powder, they call it, which is just cash sitting, committed, waiting to buy a company. And so, competition is fierce. People who own businesses are encountering private equity more and more. Uh, and, you know, as the, the world continues to grow, it's uh, you know, more and more deals. So currently, I think today, the last statistic I saw said some, something in the it's in the 30s, you know, 35 to 38 percent of all companies sold involve private equity today. But uh, that number is expected to eclipse the 50 percent mark here in the next few years. Got it. Well, I think that's incredible. So when people are, are, starting a company or the company's been started now they're making money do you encourage people to to kind of start with the end in mind or have the end in mind of wanting to have some kind of an exit or is just just keep growing the way that you're growing and or i guess that's the question do you start with the end in mind well, I, I think it's important. It's always important. I, I do a lot of lecturing for uh, executive MBA and, and fully employed MBA candidates at, at UCLA and and now at Pepperdine, too. And, and what I always tell them is you need to have a sense of direction. You need to know where you're going. You know, if you think of the Mississippi River, it travels. The, the, the length is two. There's two different answers. One is how far it goes north to south. But the other is if you measure from the middle of the river, it meanders. And it's almost two and a half times as long if you measure it that way as it is the north to south. So I think for a business owner or an employee, 
you know, at a company, you really need to be able to sit down and think. And I, I usually have people when I'm mentoring them do an exercise and it's, you know, sit down. This is, you know, this is 2019, sit down, write 2029 at the top of the paper and just start articulating where you want to be. Where do you live? Are you married? Do you have kids? What does your house look like? What's the kind of car you drive? What's your net worth? How are you giving back to society? And the clearer you can develop a strategy for the future, I think the easier it is to get there. So I think all entrepreneurs should have some thought in mind about why am I doing this? Where am I headed? And I think oftentimes in America that people think of owning a business as being, you know, being their life's work. And when it's time to slow down or retire or, or diversify their investments, they kind of think of the sale of a company as a one-time event. And, and that's really what I want to recalibrate people is that you don't have to sell it once, you can sell it twice. And the second time you sell it, you can make more than you did the first time. So there's a whole other way of navigating you know, through, through this world. And, and that's why I wrote the book, was so that people could understand how that works. Got it, nice. So how, how, how do I know if I'm ready to be taking on, is it private equity a partnership? Is it private equity investment? What's, what's, what's the right term for that? So there are different size private equity firms out there in the world. And so a lot of people, you know, small private boutique firms are typically buying smaller companies. So if you're an entrepreneur and you've got a million dollars in sales or, or, or two or three or four and you have some steady growth and you have the potential to build a bigger business, you know, I'm, uh, there's going to be somebody out there who wants to talk to you. Uh, and, and then there's also, you know, Joe, Joe the plumber or there's, you know, Bob the plumber. There's a guy out there who you know was driving a truck. And uh, all of a sudden he's got an empire and he's got 500 trucks and, and he's got you know, $30 million of revenue. You know, th th those are the people he's going to sell to a slightly bigger private equity firm. So just like you have small retail, medium sized retail, large retail, there are small boutique private equity firms looking for small companies. There are midsize and, and, they, and, and then large, you know, the largest, largest on the planet, people like Apollo or KKR. Uh, and, and what they do is typically they have kind of some, you know, some size mind, you know, in, in how they operate. So it's, you know, this small private equity company takes somebody from this size to the next size, and then they sell it, you know, call it in three to five years. And then another private equity group comes in and takes it from that size to three times that size. And there's a whole food chain, you know, of different size firms that would start small. And then gradually, as these companies are getting bigger, uh, bigger players are, are coming into the picture. So there, there's not necessarily a size in mind. You know, I th think you need to be profitable and, uh, and you need to be growing. You need to have a proven concept. You know, very different um, when you're talking about selling to a buyout fund who buys a company and then the entrepreneur becomes a minority investor in their own company versus, say, a venture capital fund, which is is helping someone on that startup. You know, people talk a lot about Shark Tank. You know, that's primarily VC or venture capital. And they're investors in ideas and private equity buyout funds are typically investors in established companies. Got it. OK, so how. How is the connection made oftentimes? Do I just raise my hand? And I say, hey, I've, I've got this great company. I'd like to have somebody come in and help me grow it. You know, it's kind of funny because in today's world, 
a lot of times your phone is ringing and people are contacting you. But there is this thing I talk about in the book called the investment banker or the advisor. And the role of that person is to serve as a realtor. You know, in most homes in America, if you want to buy or sell a home, you ultimately are using the services of a realtor. And there's a realtor to help on the buy side and there's a realtor to help on the sell side. And, you know, you pay a commission and they do the marketing, help you prepare and they help with the paperwork and all that good stuff. Uh, in, in the business world, investment bankers are the realtor. You know, they're the, they're, they come in various sizes and shapes and, you know, with a, a little bit of online Google you know, uh, searches, you can quickly kind of come up with, you know, who, who are the private, you know, in, investment banking firms that you could reach out and contact. And they come in various safe shapes and sizes, just like the private equity firms do. And, you know, they typically represent different size companies. You know, if you've got a million dollar a year business, you would not be, you know, contacting, you know, Morgan Stanley or Goldman Sachs or, you know, somebody like that. You, you, you would be talking to a small boutique firm. And so oftentimes what happens is people who work in the investment banking world, after they've built up experience, you know, they, uh, you know, sometimes what they'll do is they'll spin off and go start their own small, you know, boutique firm. And so there's always somebody out there who is ready to help. And, and oftentimes a person, if you're a small business owner, you could get those contacts through, you know, through friends, through networking in your local area, might be a lawyer or your accountant, and they would be able to identify the people that are playing in your space. So just a little bit of research, but essentially it's you're looking for a realtor. And in, in the world of business, that realtor is also known as an investment bank. Got it. Nice. I think that's a great way to uh, describe it. So I'm sure that not all of um, these private equity companies are created equal and they probably have different expectations or different parameters for how they want to operate. And that will obviously um, have a large role on, on what your life's going to look like moving forward. So you probably don't want to make a bad decision about that. So can you talk a little bit about how you go about finding the right partner? Yeah, absolutely. And you know, when you talk about the school of hard knocks, you know, when I mentioned that earlier, I think the biggest you know, the, the, the biggest issue and one of the things I try to tackle in my book is kind of how to think about a private equity firm and, and, and how to ask the right questions. And that's what my book is all about. It's not providing answers. It's, it's educating you to ask the right questions. Private equity firms come in all different kinds of shapes and sizes. And, and I know that, uh, you know, from a, a press perspective, a lot of times private equity has a semi-negative connotation attached to it. And I think it's really just because people don't understand how it is, you know, how, how it works. We tend to hear about private equity when it's a, you know, it's a, it's a public figure who's made billions in private equity and they're running for some kind of political office and, right. and, and someone wants to attach a negative connotation to it and people think of it as the destroyer of business. I like to think of it as the builder of business. And, and when I think about private equity firms, oftentimes an entrepreneur or even you know that mid-level manager who, who goes to work in a private equity-backed company, really it's a crapshoot the first time they do it. They, they don't know good from a bad. They don't know what questions to ask. And so they just evaluate, well, well what's my title and how much money am I going to make? And, and so they may have a good experience or they may have a bad experience. And I, I have a section of my book where I, I, I talk about a scoreboard. I, I use a lot of sports metaphors uh, in, in my book. That's why it's called the, the playbook. And, you know, I talk about the scoreboard and, and obviously if you're an entrepreneur selling a business, then the score is price. You know, how much am I going to get paid, you know, for that initial sale? But, you know, a scoreboard in a baseball stadium has a lot of different information on it. It talks about what the speed of the pitch was, how many balls, how many strikes, who the, who the batter is, who the next batter is. So there's a lot of information up there. And so I build a, a scoreboard that kind of helps the reader 
evaluate private equity groups. And, you know, a lot of people have heard of Morningstar from a mutual fund perspective, and there are rankings for private equity firms, and, and you can certainly look to rankings. But then there's also things, I call it like the hands-on, hands-off meter. You know, if, if you're a, a type A personality and, and you're kind of that opinion, hey, nobody's going to walk into my business and tell me how the hell to run it. You know, I'm God of my empire. Right. Then a hands-on private equity firm probably isn't going to be a good fit for you. And so there, there's, a, there's a, a range. I've worked for private equity firms that are hands-off. I have a you know, quarterly board meeting, maybe a monthly call to review some financial information. And then I've had other people who give me to-do lists and I, I'm on the phone with them every week and, you know, they're a lot more intrusive. And, and there's no right or wrong. That's I think that's the interesting thing. You know, when you're an investor, when a private equity firm buys your company or you go to work for one, you have stock, you have incentive, you want things to turn out right. And, and I think of people, you know, like a, take, take any professional athlete, a Michael Jordan, you know, or a LeBron James or a Kobe Bryant. You know, th- these are people who, although they were the best in the sport at their time, they still had coaches. They still had to practice. Right. They, still had pe- they still had people pushing them. And that's what private equity does. They're the coach. But you have to be a little bit introspective to make sure that, that you're choosing the right firm. And so I, I go through a bunch of different types of information and grading and, and the ways that a person can think about how to pick the right partner. Oh, I love it. That sounds like you've done a, a lot of the groundwork for uh, helping people to avoid probably a lot of common pitfalls. And But like you said, just be able to ask the right questions. And I certainly know the value of a good question. So. You know, I think it is. It's, it's I've made every mistake you can make. So after, <laughs> after 20 years, I think I finally figured out how it's supposed to work and, nice. and wish wish that someone wrote my book 20 years ago when I first got started. Well, there you go. Well, Adam, Savage Nation is ready for your difference-making tip. What do you have for them? Well, I, I think for all people, it's get educated. If you're a small business owner, don't think of selling your company as a one-time event. There are ways that you can partner with private equity and actually get multiple paydays from the same business, a business you already know how to run, but just by thinking a little bit differently. And every check that you get can be bigger than the last one you got it. And so you can truly create generational, multi-generational wealth by working with private equity. And then from a business, you know, just mid-level management perspective, doesn't matter whether you've started a business or not, there are tons of job opportunities to work inside a private equity-backed company. And the incentive equity can also make you a multimillionaire and truly help you build generational wealth. Uh, and, and there's a couple characters in my book, and, and both of these people come from these two categories. And so you can truly change the dynamics of your financial life by opening your eyes, getting a little bit more more educated about a topic that nobody in the world really knows too much about. So have an open mind. Instead of thinking about doing something once for an entrepreneur, do it many times over. Mid-level managers, hey, you can leave the security of that Fortune 500 company and go truly make generational wealth for your family and future generations by also getting in this game. And, and that's really, I, I think, that the, the biggest takeaway that I've got to give uh, to Savage, uh, to, to the Money Savage Nation. Well, I think that that is great stuff. That definitely gets a come on. Come on. And if that doesn't perk up people's ears, I don't know what will, Adam. So thank you so much for coming on. Where can Savage Nation learn more about you? Where can they get a copy of the book? 
So the book will be available anywhere fine books are sold. Amazon and Apple would be great places. It'll be in different formats and versions. So if you like Kindle or paper in your hands, uh, we'll be able to cover both. And then for me, find me on LinkedIn, uh, Adam Coffee, C-O-F-F-E-Y. Like to drink, but spelled differently. <laughs> like that old Stephen King movie, The Stand, or uh, uh, Green Mile, that's what it was. Nice. So it, it, at any rate, you know, find me on LinkedIn. Uh, feel free to Google you know, and, and reach out. Hey, I want to hear from you. So, uh, George, I really appreciate the opportunity to come on the, the show and uh, and hope that it was uh, fun for your reader or your listeners, too. Yeah, pleasure. Savage Nation, if you enjoyed this as much as I did, show Adam your appreciation and share today's show with a friend who also appreciates good ideas. You can follow Adam directly on LinkedIn. Do reach out to him. You can get a copy of his book, The Private Equity Playbook, on Amazon, Apple, or wherever fine books are sold. And I'll list those in the notes of the show as well. Thank you again, Adam. Thank you, George. Appreciate it. And until next time, keep fighting the good fight because we are all in this together. What's up, Savage Nation? Please support the show by subscribing, leave us a review, and definitely feel free to share us with somebody you think would like it. Come on!